How great is our God. How great is our God. And oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God. Has he been good to you? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Turn around and greet somebody and say good morning. Tell them God is great. Well, over the last two weeks, we've been in this series called Christmas at Celebrate Church. And um, today, well, let me recap. The first week, we talked about Jesus being the light of the world. And then last Sunday, we talked about the three different types of kings that are in the Christmas story. Today, I want to share with you a message called a song of praise. I think that um, there's something worthy of considering when we look at the scriptural account of what happened in the birth story of Jesus or the nativity. And some of you may know there is a song that's attributed to Mary in scripture, but some of you may not. And so we're going to talk about the song of praise that Mary gives while still pregnant before the delivery of her son, Jesus, the Savior of the world. And I want to show or highlight some things in this song that I think are really awesome. Also, I found it really interesting in my studies this month that her song is very, very, very similar to another song that's in Scripture Does anybody in here remember a woman in the Bible called Hannah? Hannah uh, could not bear children, and uh, the Lord gifted her, gave to her the ability to have a son, and she made a promise, and she said, if you give me a son, I will lend him to the Lord. And he lived with Eli. His name was Samuel. She sings a song of praise after dedicating him that I'm convinced Mary as a Jewish girl would have heard before and known. And there are very close similarities in the lives of both of those individuals, but also in the song itself. And I want to read to you some passage of scripture that gives us a little context. Look with me in Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. It says, in those days... Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted his wife, Elizabeth, her cousin. This is her cousin and the mother of John the Baptist, just so that you know. Verse 41 says, and when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 42, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. I believe there is a blessing to those who hold on to what they know God has given them as a promise or as a hope. And there's this moment that when 
Mary comes into the house, Elizabeth basically whips around. The baby has leaped inside of her for joy. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit filled her in that moment. And the child she was bearing was John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. Then Mary replies with something, which I don't think that it was like a musical where she turned around and said, my soul magnifies the Lord. It could have been. I mean, that's probably what they would do if they did a reenactment on film. But this is a song of praise that Mary is just overjoyed. She's overwhelmed with joy. Did I hit all those notes okay? That was, yeah, that was decent. Okay. All right. Um, and she turns to Elizabeth and replies. And she says this in verse 46. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. I want you to think about the language that's chosen by the translators to help us understand it. If you've ever magnified something, that means you've made it bigger. And so she says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant for behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Amen. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. So verse 56 tells us Mary remained with Elizabeth and Zechariah for about three months and then returned to her home. So what a song of praise this is that she turns and immediately begins to declare God's goodness, his faithfulness, that he's a promise keeping God. And I want you to notice a few things in verse 46 and 48 in that short passage. Mary is basically she's rejoicing in the fact that she's been chosen to give birth to the Messiah. So that's the first thing that I noticed there is that Mary rejoiced. In verses 51 through 53, or pardon me, 49 through 50, it says, number two, she glorified God for his power, for his holiness. And something amazing about this, for his mercy, for the mercy of the Lord. Had it not been for God giving and showing mercy to her, she wouldn't have survived this purpose that God had for her. And I believe the same thing is true of you and I. Without God's grace and without his mercy, our salvation would be pretty empty. It would just be translating us from here to there. But God gives us hope in the here and now because of his grace and his mercy. And she glorifies him as a result. The third thing I see is she looks forward. I think one of the things that um, people who have depression and struggle with that, and we're not talking about the clinical object of depression and things today, but those people that feel down and feel down often, I think one of the things that could be helpful to them is for them to focus on what lies ahead with God 
and his help. Yes, you could get really stressed and overwhelmed at like, if I look at what's ahead, there's a lot of bills, a lot of conflicts, a lot of problems, and that might actually make you more depressed. But when you've got God and you've got all access to him, God can really power us through those toughest of moments as we trust him. So she looks forward to God transforming the world through the Messiah. In verses 51 through 53, it basically says he brings the mighty low and he brings the low to become mighty. The rich have be, the poor have become rich. And it says, and the rich have gone away empty handed. Now, this is not a statement about God being a socialist or a capitalist or anything like that. But what she's essentially trying to communicate is what we see is not often what is true. And God does all sorts of amazing things and can change our outlook, our perspective, but also our future. Amen? And the fourth thing that I see here is that Mary exalted. Have you ever exalted someone? Think about this for just a moment. Exalted means to lift up or to lift high. And if I lift up or lift high, I'm lifting that thing or that person above myself. You know, you might remember to the teenage days when you maybe got into a relationship, you exalted that person, okay? You put them before you and everything, every thought was about them, all of that stuff. This is what I see when Mary is singing her song of praise, when she's demonstrating it, even prophesying what God is going to do. She connects it to the Old Testament and what he has always done. And she has a reason to lift him up higher than herself. In fact, she exalts him because he's been faithful to his promise to Abraham. If you want to have an interesting read this week, you should read Genesis chapter 12. It's where God gives the promise to Abraham about being, because of him, all people of the earth shall be blessed. And that is exactly what God is fulfilling in Jesus Christ, in his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection here on the earth. Songs are powerful reminders of moments in time. Just by a show of hands, can you tell me, do you remember what your graduation song was, what the theme song was that year? Anybody? I hope you had the time of your life. That's mine, okay? Well, I don't know what yours was, and I'm not going to let you sing it, but here's, (laughs) Andrew's like, what? Um, But maybe you remember, some of you shook your head, no, you don't remember what the theme of the graduation would have been. But it could have been a little while ago for some of us. Maybe you remember your wedding song. What was, what was a song besides the wedding march? You know, what was a song that they played for that first dance at the wedding? Maybe you remember another moment in your life where there was a popular song, a popular song at your prom or in your childhood. Songs and music, they're intricately connected to civilization since the dawn of time. Since we figured out how to carve wood and put strings on it, it's been part of every single culture in the the world over. 
And it's funny how sometimes, and you'll have this happen in this season, there's a smell that you can smell and it instantly transports you back to grandmother's house as a child. Because you're like, whoa, that's the stuffing she always made or whatever the case may be. Music is the same exact way. You can be driving in the car and you can hear a song that just kind of jostles your memory and all of a sudden you, you think back and you're like, where did that come from? It's because it's interconnected. I think that Mary in this moment being filled with God's spirit and his power is reminded as a Jewish girl about another Jewish girl whose name was Hannah back in 1 Samuel because she had a very similar song. You should read 1 Samuel, the whole chapter, chapter 2 this week and compare those songs. You'll see a lot of similarities. I want to read to you verses 1 and 2, this similar song. Basically, Hannah lends Samuel to the Lord. She sings this song of praise, and she says in the first verse, uh, in the second verse, sorry, go to the second one, says, there is none holy like the Lord. There is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. She goes on to talk about bringing the mighty low and he's deposed kings or dethroned kings and he, he reigns with the righteous and all of these things, talking prophetically about her son Samuel, who is going to be one of the most prominent figures in the Old Testament and be in those days one of the main placeholders that God had to keep things headed in the right direction. Mary would have known this song. She understands that this moment is a moment worth celebrating. Christmas is awesome. It comes really fast and it leaves really fast too. All the hustle and bustle, the parties, the plays, the programs, all the stuff. And we run and run and run. But I want us to take a moment to think about Mary's song and the things that she did in her song of praise. Because I think those things are important for us even today. She declares the goodness of God to her in choosing her to be the mother of the Messiah. And she speaks about God in his goodness to be the God who keeps his promise. Now, I don't care the greatest person that you've ever known who you could say has kept all their promises to you. You probably couldn't name one because inevitably we fail at keeping promises. Even if we've done a good job, we've only ever gotten to 99%. But God is a God of the promise. And what he promised in Genesis chapter 12 to Abraham, he's fulfilled in Luke chapter 2 with the birth of Jesus. So this Christmas season, you might be holding on. You might be holding on to a promise from God that has still not come to pass. You might have something that's in your heart that you've been hoping for. I want to encourage you to hold on to him even in that dark moment of being yet unfulfilled because Mary did not know. Sorry, that was the song. Some of you got that. Mary did not know the future. Even though in this moment she's prophesying about the future by the spirit of God, she truly, she, she was just like you and I. She had no guarantee of the future outside of words that had been spoken to her. She didn't know that the baby would live. She didn't know that the child would make it through childhood. She didn't know that the teenage boy who was an apprentice of his father in the carpenter shop, she didn't know that he would all of a sudden make it to the end, but he did. And she had to hold on to hope. 
If you've seen the Passion of the Christ, I think about Mary and the breaking of her heart in the moments of the crucifixion. Knowing that what she had done was the good deed and the right thing to do. Obeying God and trusting in Him. But now her heart, her life, everything, her soul was going to be ripped apart. Because she had to see her son in such a state. But I thank God that she held on to hope even in the dark moments of his life. And even at the moment of his death, she held on to the the promise that God gave. So the promise that you have might not come exactly as you wish or exactly when you think. But God is the God of a promise. And he makes a promise and he has never failed. I said it earlier and he won't start now. He, he hasn't just all of a sudden got, I don't know, I was going to say gotten a wild hair. He hadn't all of a sudden just changed his mind and said, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. He's a God who keeps keeping his promises. So I want to encourage you to have a song of praise in your hearts this Christmas season. Mary rejoiced because God gave her purpose, and I believe that God has given each one of us a purpose. We highlighted these two young ladies who are leaving us and talked about the purpose of God bringing them here. Yes, it was for an education, but more than that, it was for them to find a home with us for this season, for them to grow in their relationship with God, for them to develop their gifts by using them regularly. There's a lot that goes into it. And they simply made a choice between three or four colleges and said, sure, I'll go to Mississippi College. And that's how it ends up happening for each one of us sometimes, is we make a decision and God in his grace and his goodness is leading us into a purpose. So I want you to think about that this Christmas season and sing a song of praise to him for who he is and what he's done for you because he's worthy of our worship. We keep talking about that here in our church and someday we'll see a breakthrough. I believe that with all of my heart that we will see a breakthrough of truly supernatural, spiritually driven, no flesh required worship in our times of worship and and singing. I truly believe it. God has got to do that work inside of us, but he is the one who needs our permission to do that work. Mary glorified God for his power, his holiness, and his mercy. And so I want to encourage you, don't forget all that he's done for you. I recently read a scientific study that was done and it actually evaluated brain activity in people who were expressing in that moment, expressing gratitude, authentic gratitude for something. And it literally demonstrated, this study demonstrated that their brain and the synapses in their brain were literally being rewired as they expressed gratitude as compared to those stodgy you know, stuffy people who got something in their hands but didn't say thank you, had no gratitude in their heart, and they examined the different types of people and what was going on in their brain. I'm telling you, gratitude can change your mind. It's literally able to rewire your brain. Why else do you tell your kids, say thank you? Not because you're looking for a pat on the back, but because you're trying to train them right so that they do have an attitude of gratitude. So this Christmas, it doesn't matter if there's nothing under the tree. It doesn't matter if they got you something pink and you wanted purple. It doesn't matter if you're out of money and all you've got is bills. If you have an attitude of gratitude, God can do great things in your life. 
I truly believe that God in his mercy led my wife and I through a season that was near death. But because of his grace and mercy and us choosing to consistently go to him and have a heart of gratitude, God did miracles in our lives. So glorify God, magnify him. But Mary looked forward to the future, to what God was going to do through Jesus. And so I echo again that same thought. Don't lose hope. Hope is so precious. And if we believe that God is the God of the promise, then we must believe that he has never broken a promise. We may not have seen it come to pass just just yet, but God in his faithfulness never fails. If your life is yet to be transformed by Jesus, I think today would be a great day for you to embrace him. And to turn your life over to him. To ask him to forgive you of your sins. And to wash you clean and help you lead a life that pleases him. That's the idea that I see when Mary's looking forward to what God is going to do in transforming the world through Christ. He's still doing it today. That's what's so powerful. He can do it for your friend, for your neighbor, for your coworker. He's done it for me. He's done it for many of us. And the last thing, just as a little expounding on this, as the worship team comes and joins me, Mary exalted God because he'd been faithful to fulfill the promise of bringing a Messiah. And I I think in all the, the hustle and bustle, the craziness of the season, in all of these things, we've got to remind ourselves of who God is and of all that he's done for us I want to encourage you to not get so busy that you skip several days of reading the Bible. I want to encourage you in your long trip to wherever you're going to not just listen to your favorite music, but to set aside a few minutes, 30 minutes or half of the time in the car, whatever you choose it to be, where you worship the Lord, where you turn on something that lifts your spirit up and helps you focus on Jesus Because he really is, I know it's cliche to say, but he's the reason for this season. And I truly believe that we are all supposed to have a song of praise in our heart to the Lord. Even in the darkest night, in those moments. And I'm reminded of Paul and while he was being persecuted and the Bible says he had been shipwrecked, he'd been imprisoned, he'd been beaten, he'd all of these things. And one night when he's in jail with a buddy, begins to sing a song of praise and a song of praise can change your atmosphere in fact a song of praise can change your attitude a song of praise can change those around you it's really powerful so mary then leaves elizabeth's house and we'll talk about the rest of the story next sunday on christmas sunday she goes and her and joseph then go to bethlehem and She gives birth to Jesus and there's some miracles that happen outside of just Jesus being born that are so incredible that God put all of these things together. So in the moment of your life, when you're looking around going, what in the world is God doing? What is he doing in this moment, in this situation, in this moment of frustration, whatever it is, you don't know now, but God could be using that to bring himself glory and to teach you something. Would you stand with me today? We pray this prayer 
often, as often as we can. And I think you should pray this prayer daily. And that is this, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Maybe it's that you should have an attitude of gratitude or maybe it's that God is dealing with you because of something else going on in your life that you need to hold on to him and trust him today. I want you to make a decision today just at your seat in this moment as the worship team sings this last song. Just talk to the Father, the God of all creation who chose to send his only begotten son to the earth just for you. He wants to hear from you today and he wants to speak to you today. So Lord, I pray that you would answer the prayer that each one of us pray, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Lord, help us to be quiet, to listen, and help us to be obedient when we hear. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen.